0: Life is our resume. It's our story to tell, and the choices we make write the chapters. Can we live in a way where we look forward to looking back? Inevitably, we are all going to die. Our eulogy, our story, will be told by others and forever introduce us when we are gone. The sole objective? Begin with the end in mind.
1: Adam, you were one of the very first guys in the studio for the Become Good Soil yeah, podcast. that's wild. It's crazy. Number four. <laughs> yeah. Hello, Trouble. It's fun to be back. Man, thank you for coming. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for having uh, me. You're among the, the second group of 12 men that said yes to an audacious invitation that it turns out is nothing new, but newly recovered. Mm. Um, and you have been a brother to me like hearted consenting to a process that turns out has a lot more unknowns um, <laughs> asks us to take miles that we would never choose, but are essential for becoming wholehearted. Yeah. Um, welcome. And thank you. Mm. My pleasure, Morgan. Yeah, it's been,
0: oh, it's been a road and it's been such a gift to have your work, uh, helping paint some of the the white lines on the road for me. Thanks mm. for going in front of me. Mm. I appreciate it. It's yeah. been, uh, it's been absolutely essential Your mm. work in my life. So it's an honor to be here for sure, man. Thanks.
1: So for friends that are listening, um, it, it was the fourth Become Good Soil podcast. We're now around a hundred episodes. I don't know when this airs, yeah. so I don't know where it'll be, but it's crazy to think about that. <laughs> Adam came to the studio alongside John Dale, and we wrestled with this idea of becoming a generalist, which has probably had more of a response than anything Mm. in the kind of suite of content of Become Good Soil. And, and Adam, there's this beautiful story. We'll share some of it maybe towards the end on this song, Hello Trouble. Um, but Adam's been all in and he released this new album. And let me just give you a snapshot of where I was when I encountered Adam in this. It was the Hobbit hole at Revel Ministries, Toth Ranch. And if you've never been there, you need to put it on your bucket list. It's the real deal. It's candlelight and the smell of pipe smoke and ancient things and whiskey bottles on the wall that every one of them is a redemptive kingdom story. It's a small place that can pack a supernatural number of bodies in. And Adam, I was... Sorry, I get choked up thinking of like, I was with next to my son at a retreat who was 17. And like the, after 20, now going on 25 years of fighting for men to be next to my son who like wasn't even in my life when this started. Right. And now here I am and you, I would say performing, but that's not the word, Adam i I have never seen someone I've been praying into this podcast, and this is the phrase that comes to me I've never seen someone offer so much of the life of God to so few people hmm. and there would have been a time in my life where that might not have even like been a compliment hmm. and to me now at forty five it's one of the greatest compliments I could give hmm. of You pour yourself out. And when you're leading worship, and I've had the privilege of being under your worship care quite a number of times. And like, it takes me into God. It takes me into his presence. It takes me into his lavishness, into his affection, into his terrifying strength. Mm. And like the veins come out of your neck. And every (laughs) time you've ever led, you're a hundred percent in. I've never seen you back down. And a lot of those times it's been for a few people. It's mm-hmm. been in a house. Yeah. It's been in a living room. And God's economy is the <laughs> wildest one. And so in the Hobbit hole, you were, you were belting these songs that were like um, redemptively messy. They, they were messy songs. And they're honest songs that capture the human condition in the words of joy and sorrow heartbreak and hope. And I was with you because I knew at least portions of the story behind them going Mm. like, this is your song and you're not hiding. You're not backing down in vulnerability and courage and masculine strength. Like you're stepping out and being seen and you're letting your story speak, Mm. um, without a little bow on it. Mm -hmm. And I could feel, feel the spirit well up in that room. And I just was compelled to say, I want to bring a taste of these songs to this community of men that are consented to being apprentices in God's kingdom. And I want to bring the stories behind them. And so this is a really unique chance to bring you back in the studio and we'll just move and flow between story and song. Let's dive in to your new album, I Was Sure. But before we do that, just a bit more explanation. Friends, as Adam and I laid this out, the original idea was that Adam would just play each song in acoustic version here in the studio. But as we've gone through the content and explored how to best feature these songs for you, the way we've set it up is we're going to have a conversation on a song by way of background and story and introduction. And then we're going to pause and actually go to the finalized published studio version of the song. We'll pause after each song and then at the close, we'll pick up with the next introduction, song by song, not the entire album, but songs handpicked that we felt like the spirit was wanting to bring for this episode. And so Adam Polson, take us into the album, I Was Sure, and let's kick off with your thoughts on this first song, 42 Upland.
0: Yeah, 42 Upland, uh, 42 Upland is an address, it's the place that I moved uh, after I moved out of our home um, the home that I shared with with my wife at the time I went through a divorce in February of 2020 and um, 42 upland is the home that I was given at the uh, generosity of a couple good friends mm-hmm. that said you can you can stay with us and I mean it was there, there's so much even in the, the few sentences I've said so far but you could imagine just the 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 horrific nature of moving out of that house and um, moving into 42 Upland, which became the place where I started the process, the reality of what was happening, mm. where I started to accept the reality of what was happening, feeling like I I'd, I'd fought where God had invited me to fight, and mm-hmm. then uh, some mystery that I, I I don't know that I'll ever understand that this was actually what was happening, mm-hmm. and the lessons of 42 Upland, I ended up living there by myself through a cold winter. Uh, it's up in the shadow of Pikes Peak. So in, during the wintertime, it feels like it gets, gets about an hour of sunlight wow. every day. It's you know, Just like achingly That's... insufficient light up Ugh. there. It ended up having mold in it. So the folks that I was gonna live with, they moved out with their one-year-old girl. Wow. And I was left there alone in this moldy house that, that got no sunlight. And uh, it felt very fitting to just kind of sit with the reality of, mm. of all that I was losing. And you know the, the line in the chorus, there are some things you just can't change. You give it your best and still at the end of the day, all that's left is just to let it go. And I think I, I was coming to grips with, in the end, my, my powerlessness. Like I had come to the end of what my best could accomplish. Mm. I think as a man to confront um, the reality that it is enough to give my best, and that my best is not always actually going to achieve the outcome that mm. I hope it will mm. there is uh, there's a a grace to show up and just offer offer the best that we have and it's not going to produce the fantasy dreamland life that, yeah. that I thought it would and so for me to come to the end to come to the end of that marriage and go my best could not save this and to watch the future that I thought I was headed towards just be wiped off the map. Um, this song 42 Upland is me beginning to wrestle with the reality of the limits of what my best could accomplish.
1: Adam, it's just such holy ground uh, for every man. know, we were talking earlier that masculine initiation is unique and universal. It's always unique and it's always universal. And that idea that I believe every man has to travel through that my best is not enough. Like that is a deep mystery that, that no man wants to hear, Mm -hmm. right. Um, that we're intended to give our absolute best and our best is insufficient. Like it's the unraveling. The scriptures say Jesus will cause the rising and falling of kingdoms. Mm -hmm. And what I, And moved by is, I have two reactions to it. One is just grief Mm. of the death, right? Of like, what do you mean? That feels like bullshit. Our best should be more than enough, right? Mm -hmm. Like we're the Imago day, Like we're men, we have what it takes. And yet there's another part going, right. It leads us to the end of our self-sufficiency. And that's actually really good news. It is. That when our best is not enough. There's something that we need that's beyond ourselves and it's only coming to the end of our rope that we can actually find that God is who he says he is. He's reliable and his sufficiency is beyond belief. Yes. Yes.
0: Just like that opening quote. From Matthew McConaughey in his book Green Lights, there's a difference between me offering my best because I think it will achieve the outcome that I that I want, yes. and the control in that, as opposed to just like freely as a son, showing up to give my best. For me, those are those are two different versions of Adam. Mm-hmm. One is trying to control for an outcome. The other is just generously offering what he's put inside of me because it's the truest version of me.
1: And would have, I'm curious, like what you've noticed in yourself in that contrast, right? Mm -hmm. Where you, there was a time for you and for all of us, frankly, our best is enough Mm -hmm. in the small story we're living. Yes. Yes. And there's a certain feeling around that. And then there's an entirely different experience of reality when our best is insufficient, (laughs) but we actually find ourselves consenting to God that, that then prevails out of this partnership and this union that is actually what's intended. Mm-hmm. Like can you can you put a little more words to like Adam Paulson in my best is enough and then kind of some of the life or freedom that has come through the, kind of this grieving process that is the yeah. song 42 upload. Yes.
0: 35, 36, 37 years my best was enough. <laughs> and you live that long with your best being enough and it gets to be pretty familiar. Yeah. But what I recognize now is I can be a very everything's at stake. <laughs> hmm. When my best is what it comes down to, and the outcome being affected only by me showing up to give my best, that is that's a weight of the world that I just I cannot carry. Hmm. And I, I found myself very insecure, very at um, at stake all the time, at yeah. risk, even in my closest friendships. Is my best going to be enough? Will it be enough this time? Will it be enough this time? And for me, you know, any sort of disapproval, any sort of rejection, any sort of, you're not what I want in this moment um, would have caused me to uh, crumble on the inside. And so I was always managing this external world. And that's, so when I say offering, it is enough to offer my best, but from a place of control and fear, And me being the strongest man in my own world from that place, yes. that, that's exhausting. And at 38, 39 now, that, that has been the terrible gift. Mm. Mm. <laughs> the terrible gift of these last several years is I, I, don't, I don't feel like I'm at stake all the time anymore. And I feel free to show up and offer what I have to offer by the grace of God Yes, without feeling like the outcome's up to me.
1: The lyrics in the song of, is it weak of me to want this to end? Mm -hmm. Everyone says I'll be one day fine. Mm -hmm. That spring surely comes after winter time, but this is 42 upland on a winter's night alone. Mm -hmm. I can't stop the questions from having a voice. I'm learning to let it go. 42
2: upland and another night alone Can't believe this is real It's more lost than I've ever known Sitting by the fire just watching it burn Thinking about all of the lessons learned Here at 42 upland on another night alone To just want this to end I'll do whatever it takes I'll break you, know I'll beg Everyone says one day I'll be fine That spring surely comes after winter time But this is 42, I blend on a winter's night alone There's some things you just can't change You give it your best and still at the end of the day All it's left is just to let it go I know, I know I'm learning to let it on the trees and the sun don't seem to shine But there's gifts to be found even here in the time. And I can't stop the questions from having a voice But to be swallowed whole Well I guess that's a choice Here at 42 I'll live on another night alone Some things you just can't change You give it your best and still at the end of the day All that's left is just too late Seems like it'll never end And I've got this feeling that Reconstruction could be a friend But tonight this death is all that I can feel Even though I trust resurrection's real This is 42, Upland on a winter's night alone You just can't change You give it your best And still at the end of the day All that's left is just to let it go I know, I know i learn it to let
1: Adam of all the songs, you know, I, I took the album and I actually was going on a solo trip for 36 hours and I had it on repeat again and again and again. And there's something really whole context is everything. Mm. My counselor said to me for years, and I'm driving on these rugged roads, looking for just a, a camp spot to disappear for 36 hours with God and a campfire and listening to song after song and, and the last words the power of that song, and the idea of the power of blessing and cursing. It's been a category that God's really been ministering to me deeply through Dallas Willard's teaching. I'd love to go into that song um, a bit and ask you about just the power of blessing mm-hmm. and how this unfolded in this most recent chapter of your masculine initiation. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that it really was was my whole heart with this song. And it was my whole heart when I wrote this note to to my ex-wife the morning that our divorce was final, simply that my last act as her husband would be to bless her. And again, so much that I don't understand and so much that I wish was different, but as it was coming to an end, I felt this choice in front of me to move in the way of love and to bless her, to release her, and to genuinely like pray for God's best for her, mm. and I, thankfully, I had good people in my life that that helped uh, that helped me see that the couple options that were in front of me, and in the end, I think just my masculine heart rising up to go. I choose to bless you in this moment, mm. um, even here, even now. It felt like the final, my final opportunity as her husband to do what. What had been in my heart imperfectly all along, which was was to bless her, and I know we were we were talking a couple minutes ago about the idea of blessing. I know you've you've got some stuff on your heart. We are connecting on on the idea of blessing and last words. What what was it that you were that was stirring for you as you were listening?
1: Yeah, Adam. There's there's it's so fundamental in this um, process and path of masculine initiation. And there's a teaching that really transformed me in this category. It, it kind of illuminated the actual supernatural power of cursing and blessing in a way that Mm. they were, they were lighter words before they were more inspirational or admonitions rather than actually a spiritual power. So Gary Moon, close friend of Dallas Willard, he captured in a book, Dallas's last live event. So he did it with John Ortberg, and the idea was to pull out the predominant themes, kind of the the core impassioned ideas Mm. that Dallas had recovered about the life of God and his kingdom. And of those ideas, the book is called Living in Christ's Presence, Mm. and it all culminates to the end of the book the idea of ideas. And it's, a, it was a surprising one. And it's all about the power of cursing or blessing. Wow. And so I felt like a kindergartner when I came to this years ago. And, and Dallas goes on to describe that every act in humanity is either an act of cursing or blessing, mm. that there's no in between, but everything we do in our power is to curse or to bless. And he says, a curse is actually a a projection of evil upon another person. Mm. But I want to read from his book where he describes blessing because this was profound insight for me and really resonated with the depth of your song, Last Words, in your heart towards Hallie. He says, blessing is the projection of good into the life of another. It is not just words. It's an actual putting forth of your will for the good of another person. It always involves God. Because when you will the good of another person, you realize only God is capable of bringing that. So naturally, we say, God bless you. You bless someone when you will their good under the invocation of God. You invoke God on their behalf to support the good that you will for them. This is the nature of blessing. Mm. It's what we are to receive from God and then give to another.
0: Yeah, it was that uh, was what I wanted. And someone might say, how could divorce ever be loving? How could it ever be God's best? I, I understand. I understand. I, but when it came to that last morning as her husband, I had a choice. And anyone listening to this, in the mess of our lives, we have these choices of to bless or to curse. And it was so clear to me that morning that what I wanted was was to bless her even in the the heartache of what was happening that day mm-hmm. and what it meant for both of us what i could control in that moment was that i had a blessing to give her and i wanted i wanted her to hear it mm. i hope she heard it i hope she heard that
1: i just still appreciate your Authenticity and just in the spirit of coming to the center of that, I'll share a story Mm. from actually last night. Ironically, Mm. this was before I was preparing for our time, but part of my process of growing up was to take stock of the people that I had harmed and many of these, it was in my youth, but nonetheless, for me, it was, it was a process of um, being accountable to damage done as I grew to understand the kind of damage that I didn't understand at the time. And so Mm. there's a sadly long list of people that I've had to make amends to over the years. And, um, I've got one left and I haven't been able to find her. So, uh, Mm. Kylie Swicegood, if you're out there, I don't know where, what your married name is, Mm. but if someone knows you, I'd love to have a conversation. But I reached (laughs) out to, um, the second to last friend from 20 some years ago, maybe closer to 30, actually. And I wrote this letter. Um, it was homecoming in my house this past week. My daughter is a freshman. And so I'm mentoring some of these uh, little gorillas hanging around. Craig said, when your daughter turns 13, every guy's a gorilla. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was right. So I've got this pres- precious 14-year-old. And I've got a son who's um, just radiant and strong and true at 17. And so it brought back all these memories and I was 14 again. And there I am with my 14 year old girlfriend in my heart and I found her through LinkedIn. And so this was a letter that I wrote last night, um, in the same spirit. I said, uh, I'll call her Kelly. Kelly, it was a joy to receive a response from you. It's wild to think of how much life has transpired since we were more connected. Um, I think of you, And as the decades transpire, I'm filled with gratitude for the role you played in my life. God brings you to my heart regularly, and I pray that there are treasures coming for your heart in this season. There's more I share, but this is the part that feels poignant for now. I said last week was high school homecoming in our world. I've had the privilege of investing in some of the young men in Abigail's freshman class. It Brought back so many memories of who I was in that stage of my life and, frankly, how much I lacked as a young man in contrast i look at my son who in many ways is a mini me but with a much more whole heart Mm. than i ever had in those years a wave of grief came to me as i thought about the version of me i was able to bring to our friendship and relationship in those formative years i suppose though i wanted to bring a true strength in many ways instead i unknowingly brought a deep question that flowed out of the many places in me that were unfathered and uninitiated. I've spent the last 30 years responding to God's wild pursuit of my heart, engaging in deep work of transformation as a man. I've had the remarkable gift of investing in men all around the world and helping them to become more wholehearted and mature men, particularly expressed in their roles as husbands, fathers, and leaders. But as I observe my son's wholehearted strength and the lack of initiation, of so many freshman boys. I was compelled to reach out to you to offer my apologies and my blessing. You're a treasure of treasures. I'm moved by the woman you are and you were in my life and you deserve more than I was able to offer. And so I asked for your forgiveness, one to circle back and let you know, I'm aware of how much I lacked. Mm. I hope and pray that God has led you on a path that's brought life and care, vitality, deep meaning and life giving relationships. I'm curious as to where life has taken you. Perhaps one day I'll see you, but for now I offer my blessing and thank you for listening, mm-hmm. engaging in a bit of conversation. Mm-hmm. There's power and blessing. Mm-hmm. And there's power that comes through it, but there's also a power that comes to our hearts to free us in the process.
0: Yeah, here are some of the lyrics to that song, last words. I wrote a card to her that morning, and I tried to say all that was on my heart to say. How I cherished all the years being her husband, and that I'd carry sweet memories with the pain. I wanted her to know that I forgive her and I forgive myself, and in the end, I'm just sad. No, I'm not trying to lay all the blame on her shoulders. I know I made mistakes, and I'm sorry for that. They were my last words and my last chance to make sure she knew I didn't regret what we had. So I said to his best, I release you, and I don't regret a single day we shared. No, this isn't what either of us dreamed of. But I want nothing but good for you now And I can never be sure But I hope she heard my last words
2: I wrote a card to her that morning And I tried to say. All was on my heart to say How I'd cherished all the years Being her husband And that I'd carry Sweet memories with the pain Oh, I wanted her to know That I forgive her I forgive myself And in the end, I'm just sad I no, I'm not trying to lay all the blame on her shoulders. I know I made mistakes and I'm sorry for that. Well, they were my last words and my last chance to make sure she knew I didn't regret what we had. So I said, to his best, I release you. And I don't regret the same day we shared. No, this isn't what either of us dreamed of. But I want nothing but good for you now. No, I can never be sure. But I hope she heard my last words Said I have loved you without regret or reservation And even in the death that this will be Oh, I'm thankful for the time that we spent side by side And I'm praying somehow that the best is yet to be. Well, they were my last word, my last, and my last chance to make sure she knew I didn't regret what we had. So I said, To his best, I release you. And I don't regret the single day we shared No, this isn't what either of us dreamed of But I want nothing but good for you now No, I can never be sure But I hope she heard my last word might say well I was a little too late but it was important to me to get to say what I mean so I said and to his best I release you and I don't regret a single day we shared this isn't what either of us dreamed of but I want nothing but good for you now to his best I'll release you and I don't regret a single day we shared. no this isn't what Stream, no, but I want nothing but good for you now. Oh, I can never be sure, but I hope she heard my last words. My last words.
1: Adam, this next song, I, the, the lyrics just, they mess me up. <laughs> like I love this song because it messes me up. Like it's poetry, mm. like unplugged mm. uh, the price of growing up is the illusion of certainty and the fantasy that my best is enough is gone, gone. And that's a gift. If faith is what takes certainty's place. Help me to accept this death and believe again. Tell me about this song.
0: Yeah, I, I was sure became the title track to this album pretty early on as I was thinking through this set of songs. And, and it's because it contains, I think what for me is the crux of what the last several years have been, which is that w- what what of life is left? Who am I as a man out beyond the boundaries of my certainty, Mm. all the things that I thought I could control for, the life Mm. I thought I was headed towards, could manage
1: Yes. what's
0: out beyond all of that actually crumbling to the ground. Mm. (laughs) Um, I was so sure of all these different things that my future held, and as one by one, those things were just disappeared. Um, Me wrestling with what's left as a man Identity-wise, what's left as a man when I have failed, Mm. utterly failed at every category, or this is how it sounds in my head, the categories that matter most to me, I have failed. Mm. Um, And I was so sure that I wouldn't. Um, So yeah, the price of growing up is the illusion of certainty. Um, It's not that God can't be trusted, but my version of what he's like and what I'm entitled to as, a, as an American man, um, those things that I was certain of, those were the cost of me growing up mm. beyond this sort of self-serving fantasy of what I think I'm owed. So that's why I would, could say that, uh, that it's a gift, that learning, that learning that my best is actually not enough to achieve all these sort of American dream ideals of mm-hmm. what I think life is meant to be for me, that's actually a gift. Mm. It's a gift because now I'm living in reality and now I'm getting to see God for who he really is mm. rather than this construction that I've created in my own mind about what he owes me and what
1: he's like. Does that make sense? I wonder even, I hear the American ideals wonderfully being dismantled. And also I wonder if the second layer to it is the ideals that in and of themselves are good things, Yes. right? Like being a father, being a husband, and yet like those aren't the central things to God's kingdom. Yes. I'm just looking at Jesus's life. I've been immersing myself in all four gospels and I've had this fresh pass of like, Jesus was never married. And that idea comes and goes in my thinking. Mm -hmm. And like, that was one of my biggest questions of like, when I get to heaven is I want to call him, I want to call bullshit (laughs) going like, no, 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 (laughs) you were never married. (laughs) You did not live fully human Uh, because you don't know what this is like. Yeah. This, you don't
0: know. This, this you don't know. (laughs) Jesus, let
1: (laughs) me tell you Jesus what it's like. And yet a little bit of humility Mm -hmm. back to the story of like, Oh, what's blown me away is he is actually fully satisfied without a wife. Mm -hmm. As a man, he has grown and matured into this place of union with God, that his well-being, that his vitality, that his need for comfort, adoration, security, belonging, worth is satisfied without needing another person To provide that for him. Yes. But it's not self-sufficiency because you see his intimacy poured out, particularly towards women Mm -hmm. in a wholly H-O-L-Y scandalous manner. Mm -hmm. But he comes to offer when most men who are unmarried would come with a compulsion. And let me just add most married men mm. would come with a compulsion because it hasn't yet satisfied because we pin things on the woman on yes. femininity to meet our need. Yes. And so I realize he's like the most eligible bachelor there's ever been <laughs> because he's well, yeah. right. Yeah. And so there, there's some, there's just uh, there's something to name in this song and the power of it that it evokes Adam for me is like, it destroys, the self made man, Mm -hmm. there is a stripping that you name, that you celebrate in so much vulnerability in the song. So much of masculine initiation is the process of unlearning. It's coming to the end of our gifting. Mm -hmm. It's a death to manufacturing life and finding that there is a man in there that's worthy of love and belonging apart from success, yes. apart from gifting, apart from earning, you are worthy of love and belonging because you exist and you have been crafted in the image of God. And that revelation sometimes hurts very deeply mm-hmm. to receive. Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: Yeah, and I would say even after growing up in the church, my earliest memories are in the sandbox at Irvine Presbyterian Church in Southern California, okay. growing up in the church my whole life. I think I'm. I think I'm experiencing the gospel, actually, for the first time in my life. Mm. Beyond what I can add to it, beyond my performance, beyond my uh, respectability as a good husband, or I mean, beyond all of the things that I could perform or earn, I'm finding when I lost, when I lost it all, when I had failed at. The only thing i ever wanted to be good at like i was still the beloved son mm. and i just all of a sudden it's like scales fell from my eyes in all the ways that i had subtly in my own heart been adding to like yes jesus your love's enough but it's because i've you know i've checked all the boxes and been doing doing ministry as long as i can remember mm-hmm. and you know all those things i've I, th- I thought I'd been earning it like wow. deep in like some equation inside of me where I was, I was worthy of his love because of dot, dot, dot. And it was when all of those, because I've done dot, 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 mm. is when all of those, when I lost all of those things mm. and I found I was still loved, that's, that was the
1: gift. Adam, I'm haunted by Jesus's message The Sermon on the Mount, which is just so gets lost in the religious fog, but it's what you're naming that it's really a message of when we've come to the end of ourselves, Mm -hmm. those are the ones that are blessed. And he says in uh, Matthew five, verse three says, you're blessed when you're at the end of your rope with less of you, there is more of God. You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope with less of you, there is more of God. The lyrics of this song just haunts me. And just feels like such an invitation to all of us to risk. Would we come to God at the end of our rope? Would we give God access to our souls? Not in the place where we feel like we've earned it, not because we've performed, but in our place of insufficiency in our place of deepest shame deepest fear deepest need what would, would we say come god i welcome you here mm-hmm. the lyrics says i was sure i would change the world i was sure that i was different and more i was sure that this was a fairy tale story i was sure i would give up Never. I was sure we'd be together forever. I was sure we were meant to be. I was sure that being right was loving. I was sure that I could change enough to change things, loved enough that I would get us unstuck. I was sure.
2: Change the world, I was sure that I was different and more I was sure this was a fairy tale story back when I was sure. I was sure I'd give up next. I was sure we'd be together forever. I was sure we were meant to be back when I was sure the price of growth. Of certainty in the fantasy that my best is not is gone, gone, and that's again. Well, the fate is what it takes certainty's place. Help me accept this death and believe again. I was sure that being right was loving. I was sure that I could change enough to change things. I was sure I loved enough and I would get us unstuck back when I was sure. in the pride. The illusion of certainty and the fantasy that my best is enough is gone, gone, and that's again. Well, if fate is what it takes certainty's place, help me accept this death and believe again I'm not so sure what to do now now that I am not so sure but I hope I am a kinder man now that I am not so sure the way don't seem so clear now, but it'll be okay now. Even though I'm not so sure. And the price of growing up is the illusion of certainty in the fantasy. And my best is enough Is gone, gone And that's a gift Well, if faith is what takes Certainty's place Help me accept this debt And believe again Well, if faith is what takes Certainty's place Help me accept this death and believe
1: again. Yeah, I man, I'm just, I remember McConnell. I sat back here behind this building. I turned 30, 15 mm-hmm. years ago, and he said, Be passionate about what you believe, and know in a decade, most of that will change. <laughs> yeah. I remember thinking bullshit, Yeah, like that's such bullshit because I'm not going to be passionate about if it's going to change right? and it's not going to change because I've tr- I'm right. Yeah. I'm sure. Right. I'm right. And God's not going to change. Exactly. So, there yeah. you go. <laughs> There's just something of a young man of just that, that passionate surety that that's okay. Mm-hmm. And it's what we do with it as we grow. Yeah, And do we pass through this process of being uh, undone and unlearning and unsure to really root ourselves in the life of God and his kingdom, the way that we can't control, we can't manufacture, we can't predict, but we can receive Mm. and we're safe. Yes. And that's just one of the great risks. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the three themes of masculine initiation over the years, right? You're not in control. You're not the center of the universe. Life is hard. (laughs) I'm not sure. Morgan, I'm not sure I've ever been initiated Hmm. as a man. I think this process may have been it for me. Yes. That I finally came to grips with the reality that life is hard. I'm not in control and I'm not the center of the universe. Yes. That certainty is gone. And what remains in faith in its place is God as I hope he actually is, or more like he actually is Hmm.
1: than I've ever known him. And it's more beautiful than I've ever known. All right. so you know, friends listening, I just invite you to think about those three ideas and just pause and get curious. Like, where are you? How do you respond? How do you react to hearing those three ideas? And I think what's so helpful about masculine initiation is it's parts and pieces, right? So I think out of kindness to you, Adam, I want to say partly, partly mm. you and I both lack initiation. mm mm-hmm. Just as Jesus lacked initiation, there was a time where he was immature. Think a beautiful story of him at the temple at 12, where he vanishes with no thought about his parents. He wasn't in sin because we know he was fully God. And yet he was immature. A 12 year old doesn't give consideration to what mom's thinking about when you vanish for three days, right? There's nothing wrong with immaturity, but there is a process of growing in stature. And so my invitation in those three questions that you're bringing up, Adam, is like, where am I Mm -hmm. with the three and what parts of me? Are lacking initiation. It's a, it's a kind way to approach, and it's actually a very insightful way to, set, to get closer to this core question of what is my frontier? What is God up to right now? Mm-hmm. It's just the portion, yes. right? There is something that our hearts can handle for today. And so, God, where are we? What's next? What do you have for me? And that's where the real action yes. is. Yeah. So, Adam, this next song, I've got to take you back to a memory. I'm wearing a uh, double breasted suit at Vanderbilt University on some (laughs) career day thing with like a leather bifold deal, like doing all these interviews, Enron, Arthur Anderson. I was an economics major. And I walked out, it was a hot day. I'm walking on the sidewalk. And I remember this like idea of like, I wanna be a husband and a father. Mm -hmm. Where do you learn that? And it was just this weird uh, revelation. I'm nowhere going, obviously, no one's taught me that in a way that I feel confident. Mm -hmm. And I've spent all these years in school learning all this stuff. But inevitably, my dream, though unspoken, is to be a father and a husband. And where do I learn that? And and just a wild moment where that then sent me on a path, a quest that led me to Colorado to recover those as first things. And I Mm. think what I noticed was something in me felt like the world celebrates career and and puts energy in it. But the real measure of a man when it's all said and done is who was he as a husband and a father? Mm. And I go back, As I dive into, as I dove into this song, Family Man, I was 21 again, back in that juxtaposition of all these things the world says are important in defining masculinity. Mm -hmm. And this song really highlights what was on your heart in this category. Tell me about Family Man.
0: Yeah. Uh, Family Man was the song that was written the, in the shortest amount of time, Mm -hmm. actually. Uh, on this record. I, this came all in one sitting, uh, which doesn't often happen for me. But I know that something special is happening when it does. And I uh, I was m- moving out of my house. And as I did, so I was going through some old you know, boxes of you know, mementos and stuff from elementary school and find this 11 by 17 piece of yellow laminated car, uh, like card, like cardstock. And on it, it was like my first day of kindergarten, like, hey, introduce yourself to the class Amazing. sort of thing. Yeah. So all these fill in the blank questions. My favorite food is blank. <laughs> and it, for me, it was steak. So great. I, I, <laughs> I had my priorities right as a five-year-old kid. <laughs> my best friend's name is Craig. I'm happiest when I'm at the beach. And it stunned me at the bottom of that cardboard piece of paper, 11 by 17 thing. The fill in the blank question of what I want to be when I grow up is, and as a five-year-old kid, my answer was father and husband. Mm. And the uh, you said juxtaposition, just the the clash of the reality of what I was facing in that moment of like moving out of my house. And, like I no no longer am a husband. Mm. Like that. The reality of my dream colliding with reality in that moment just broke my heart. And, um, and I remember like dropping to my knees and saying, God, you have to hold this dream for me. I cannot, I don't know how to hold on to this dream right now. Like it's too painful. I don't want to kill this dream. I'm not going to go down to the bar and try to find someone Mm -hmm. to fill that spot, but God, you have to hold this dream for me. I can't, I can't hold this desire on my own right now. So, um, so later that night I sat down and This song is what came
1: out. It takes me to a moment. Um, Urbana, Illinois. Just checked my wife into a psychiatric treatment center. And it's sterile. Nobody should go there. And she wanted to go there. She was saying yes. And then she was so mad. And I sat in my Ford Explorer and just buckled over. And... In similar, that juxtaposition of like, it's all I wanted and I'm losing it and I'm a failure. Like yeah. I failed, like, and who am I? And looking back now, some 10 years, I realized for me, there's a moment that this song really evokes in me as I've been just using it for worship of like God saying like, will you break? Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. and maybe even one step further, I'll just full confession of like, will you let me break you? Mm -hmm. Your lyrics here, I sit at 38 alone and lost and wandering, but the dreams of the little five-year-old, they've stayed the same. Tell me, tell me what that is. Tell me that, that it just haunts me.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I, this is not my idea, but I'm a firm believer in the idea that we are always every age that we've ever been. Mm-hmm. I'm, I In a very real way, I'm carrying that five-year-old boy with me everywhere mm-hmm. I go. And he's still inside of me going, I want to be a husband and mm-hmm. a dad. And there's a 39-year-old now year old version of me that's trying to work out what that looks like. 39, mm-hmm. divorced, longing for these dreams that are still in my heart and just having no clue what to do next. And so for me every day, waking up going, Father, I need you. I I need your fathering in this area. What do I do with this desire today? I was just giving voice to that five-year-old in me that I think I I'm can often do my best to silence or keep in the closet, mm-hmm. keep in the corner somewhere. Do not disturb my world with your dreams and your desires. Yes. Uh, much more comfortable with him quiet in the corner. And it was just giving that five-year-old version of me the mic for, for a verse there to go like, tell me about that desire.
1: Wow. Tell me about that desire. That's such a powerful image to give the five-year-old the mic. You know, I've sp- spent a lot of time going to men's stories and the pattern, including my own, is we, we resent the boy inside because he's a disruption. Yes, He's in the way of us making life work. Yeah. On our own terms. And uh, we deny him, we resent him, we demand that he be quiet. And what I find universally is it's not until he has a voice um, and he knows that he's safe mm-hmm. and he knows that his voice matters yeah, and he needs to be heard. And so for you, I love that framing of the song of just giving the five-year-old the microphone. There's so much of this song for me, Adam, and about hope mm-hmm. where hope is, hope is a dangerous thing. Mm-hmm. I think of, so I was praying into the song, like listening again and again, the movie of Shawshank Redemption mm-hmm. just kept coming. And it's just the parable of what do we do with hope and hope is very dangerous and it's, it's safer to kill it. Yes. But the scriptures are just saturated with this idea that hope is is actually the oxygen for an alive soul, mm-hmm. and so without hope you can't live. And opening ourselves up to hope is to open ourselves up to great hurt, great pain. But that's not the end of the story. That's right. And I just love you know some of the Hebrew um, original language of hope. Of, of one is like this this waiting, like Noah was waiting for the the floods to recede and they had never seen a flood like this. Like (laughs) they have no idea what's going to happen. We know the end of the story. They didn't know. And so every day, day 39 was the same as day two. Mm -hmm. Like the world is underwater and we (laughs) won't survive. Can you imagine of just the waiting? And then there's a different Hebrew word with hope where they describe it like a rubber band under tension. And you're just waiting for a release Mm -hmm. and in the old Testament it's used to talk about like farmers and you just think of a culture where there were so many things out of the control of the farmer. It wasn't our macro farming we have today with GPS driven combines, (laughs) right? And GMO seeds. Like it was, you're at the mercy of so much Mm -hmm. and it was rare to have a good crop Mm. in so many cultures Mm -hmm. and they're waiting, hoping, and it doesn't always go well. It's risky for you to take yourself or anyone else into hope. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that idea of hope is very much on my mind
0: as I, as this song kind of just poured out of me. And it's been interesting as I've played this song and even as I recorded it, you know the end of that chorus. I had just one plan. I wanted to be a family man. That's how I left it initially, but as in the final recorded version, you'll hear as I come back to the chorus throughout the song. I'll then add, and I still have, and I st- I still have just one plan. Mm. Like, I haven't given up on that hope. Like that hope some days is more tangible than others but even as a declaration of that hope i added that second part of that last line of the chorus to say i had just one plan and i still have just one plan i want to be a family man
2: i was five years old in my kindergarten class i filled out that first day sheet with all the little things that made me me like how my favorite food was steak and my best friend's name was craig and i was happiest at the beach playing in the waste I told him I was a middle child And I liked it best when we all smiled I was thankful for my mom and dad My brother and sister too Then it came time to answer to The one about what I want to do When I grow up And I couldn't wait To fill in that blank When I grow up Is a husband and a dad raising a family. And other kids, they wrote astronaut or fireman or Peter Pan. But as for me, I had just one plan I wanted to be a family man. moves on with no guarantee that it'll go the way we hope and that's just like living on this side and somewhere along the way our dreams get lost crush beneath mistakes we make hearts that break in the sheer weight of life now here i sit at 38 alone and lost Wandering, but the dreams of that little five-year-old they've stayed the same and i had a chance and it slipped away now i get stuck and what it could have changed but all i know is deep inside my answer still remains when i grow up all i want to be is a hug Other kids, they rode astronaut, a fireman, or Peter Pan. But as for me, I had just one plan, and I still have just. Listen, younger you had a dream and maybe it got lost just like me and you're sitting there wondering if it's simply just too late well I don't keep time and it don't keep score and all I can do is trust there's more than what I see today because if I'm honest I'd still say When I grow up, all I wanna be is a husband and a dad, raising a family. And other kids, they're all astronauts, or firemen, or Peter Pan. But ask for me when I. I had just one plan, and I still have just one plan. I want to be a family.
1: everyone's story. And if it's not their story, they're faking it. They're just, right? They're not yet yeah. there or they're not yet ready, but like, man. Mm. I was just thinking
0: back to, I forget where exactly it is in becoming a king, but just the, the idea that like for all of us, our deepest fear is somewhere in the realm of failure for men. Mm-hmm. Our deepest fear is somewhere in the realm of failure mm-hmm. and to to have failed so extravagantly. Yes, in your own eyes. In my own eyes, in this category, like the only category that ever mattered. You know, (laughs) what do you
1: do then? And to come through that and realize I'm okay. Yeah. Right, that's the deep magic of the kingdom. I think in, in that spirit, I'd love to go into our final song for today because there's so much embodied in that idea of passing through our initiation, There's a song that God brought to the story of Become Good Soil, and it came through a Gerber knife video, Hello
0: Trouble. Oh yeah.
1: So if you haven't seen it, pause here, becomegoodsoil.com slash Hello Trouble. You got to see the commercial. It's the best commercial I've ever seen. Absolutely. And it's moments of action, men in action using knives in precarious situation that just evoke courage. They evoke feelings that are um, at the epicenter of the masculine soul, right? Danger, prevailing, risk, high stakes, love, sacrifice, courage. There's an old country song uh, by Buck Owens that's pretty hard, right? Let's be honest. <laughs> yes. God bless Buck, but yep. it's rough. Yep. But the idea is beautiful. And that's where Gerber got the song. And so if you remember from the original podcast, I reached out to a poet and an amazing apprentice in Become Good Soil, Eric Swenson. And I gave him the original lyrics and said, there's got to be a Become Good Soil version of this. Like, do you have some lyrics to add? And he played with it. And after a couple months, I got this song back and just went, this is it. This is the recovered version of this song. And I don't know if you remember me flipping it to you saying, Hey, if you ever get inspired to oh, yeah. write a song to this lyrics, absolutely. And less than two hours later, you get back to me. I'm literally thinking, Adam, like maybe next year, two hours later, I get yeah. an MP3. Yeah. I was wrecked. Yeah. Well, that, yeah, that, uh, the
0: whole idea, that commercial had had already grabbed my heart too. And so when you sent me those lyrics, it was like, Oh, yeah, I'm on this. Uh, so yeah, it was in honor to be a part
1: of, uh, of putting that together with a fresh spin on it. So friends as a gift for this intimate, um, circle of like hearted, uh, that's not on the album that you can only get at become good soil. Um, we want to take a fresh pass at offering you the song that encapsulates the heart of the mission and message of become good soil. Let's go into hello trouble.
2: Woke up this morning Happy as could be Looked out my window What did I see? Coming up my sidewalk just as big as day Well, here from trouble I never thought I'd see When you, when you went away And I used to hide when You would come around I buried all my cash out Back underground boards on my windows to keep out the wind
0: I thought I'd
2: hold up safe and stay unscathed if I if I never let you in well hello trouble well, come on in you talk about heartaches where in the world you been I ain't had the miseries since you've been gone Oh, hello trouble, trouble, trouble Welcome home Turns out I missed you when you were gone Stared out my window, wondering what went wrong Oh, if it ain't raining, and if the work is done, well, then there ain't no point in pounding nails or, or praying for the sun. Well, I'm glad to see you coming down the way, because it means I got yet yeah, another day. And you found it worthy to pay me some mind Oh, that can only mean I've got a lot to do for I, before I up and die Oh, well, hello trouble, well, come on in You talk about heartaches, where in the world you been I ain't had the miseries Since you've been gone Well, hello trouble, trouble, trouble Well, come on Now that I'm done running I'll tell you what I'll do Turn and face your fire And I'll pass on through It may not be pleasing To feel the heat of pain But if I live my days With nothing to lose I got I got much to gain Oh hello trouble Come on in You talk about heartaches Where in the world you been? I ain't had the miseries, but since you've been gone.
1: So the first time that song was ever played was in, uh, become good. Soul podcast, but, but the fundamental idea, I think that it captures now, looking back years later is that idea of who am I after I've failed, we, we are meant to pass through fire and Paul, it's just the story of his life, right? He's a profoundly gifted man. He runs on his gifting for so many years. And then he has just a breakdown breakthrough moment where he comes to the end of his rope and gives his life to God. But then there's 14 years of silence, right? Mm -hmm. There's this hiddenness that I'm so curious about. I can't wait to have beers with him at a campfire in the hobbit hole and say, tell me about those years. And I believe wholeheartedly they were years of becoming Mm -hmm. because the man that emerges out of that hidden crucible, is a man who's passed through fire, who says, I've learned a secret. Like I have something that can't be taken away from me. I've become something that's unstoppable. Mm. And it's not self-sufficiency. It's actually completely surrendered masculinity over to a greater strength, right? Yeah, absolutely. He he says, I've passed through initiation. And I love the Richard Rohr's translation of of Philippians 4.13, where he says, now that I have passed through my initiation, I am ready for anything, anywhere. Wow! Like, what's that evoke? Just when you hear that,
0: oh, I wish it could come another way.
1: Right? <laughs> like, is That's there another so Is there another way? And if there was, we would take <laughs> it. We would all take it. We would all take it.
0: But yeah, that resonates so deeply with me. I've my capacity for joy, my capacity for laughter has been enlarged in these ways that w- were ju- are just beyond my understanding as a result of having passed through and sat with grief, and loss, and sorrow. And so, I mean, hearing you read that passage, that Philippians 4, I, I think when I was 30, when I was 31, even recording that version of Hello Trouble, I'm kind of singing that Hello Trouble with like, you know, double, double middle finger raised yeah, I got to this. trouble, like hand gripped around a knife in like a really heroic sort of way. Yes, And now I feel like that hello trouble inside of me has open hands huh. and like, a I'm still here father. And I, I yield myself to you. Hmm. All my loss, all my fear, my failure, all of it, I yield it to you. Hmm. And I understand now with some years and a lot of loss that I have passed through an initiation that makes me ready to receive what he has for me
1: today. Yeah. And the holiness, the the supernatural reality of that initiation is it's, it's the opposite of the self-made man, right? It's actually strength through dependency. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a man. I love Peterson's translation of it. He said that I've become the kind of person that wherever I am, And whatever I have, I can make it through in the one who makes me who I am. Mm. And there's just such a a humble strength in that. I I see Paul saying like, me by myself, no chance at all. Mm -hmm. But me yielded, given over to Christ, every chance. Yes. Right? I'm actually unstoppable. Yeah. Yeah. And the other piece with it, for me, Adam, it's interesting. You've gone from like the clenched fist, the knife out to these open hands. For me over this decade, I think if I had to name this idea fundamentally in my own initiation is I started with chasing after something. Mm. Like intensely treasure hunting, engaging. I'm going after something. And in my running, I, I, I've achieved some things and I've also crashed. I've Mm. also stumbled. I've also failed enough to be behind and keep going. And as I've continued to chase, I have sensed something chasing after me. Mm. And I realized like the first movement of the gospel doesn't begin with me, but I'm the one that's being chased after. Yes. And so it doesn't change my relentless pursuit of God and his kingdom, but there is this refreshing audacity of I'm the one being chased mm-hmm. and it changes everything. And it takes me into Psalm 23 where you see David in anguish. I mean, he's literally trying to find life and nothing has changed in his circumstances, but he begins with this pronouncement, God, you are my good shepherd. And I believe that's like, He's willing it to be true. He's not just sitting there basking in delight, right? Yeah, right. He is cold. He's, if you spent any time in high desert wilderness, you were either very hot or very cold. Yeah. There's no such thing as being comfortable. No. Right? And in and, and the life of a shepherd, and I can't imagine the brutality of it, mm. but at the end of that Psalm, he, he, he lands with his soul in a place where um, I am the one being sought after. Yeah. You chase after me surely goodness and mercy is with, is, is with me. Like I am in it and I am in the house of God. I'm literally in your presence. Like you are the one who chases after me. And so it really shifts the posture of, of what masculine initiation is all about.
0: Mm-hmm. For me, the masculine initiation of the last several years has been not just dismantling the fantasy of what I thought the future held even lots of good things, mm-hmm. but just my, my version of their reality that I was entitled to. That death has been in many ways, the death of the false self. It, and not entirely, obviously yeah. that's a work, that's a process mm-hmm. and a path for the rest of my journey. But that, ha- that is what has also died with my fantasy in yes. many ways is the poser version of me that is only okay if I'm a respectable husband, if marriage looks good on the outside, yes. if, if it all is going well. I've been given the gift of learning what it's like to be content just as me, mm. even when I don't feel like I've performed or earned it mm. or fill in the blank. So it's it has been um, an on steroids type of death of the false self. Mm. And I think, you know, loss and suffering, yeah. if we will consent, we will consent to his movement, to God's movement, the father's movement in these great losses of our life. Mm. That's the gift that's available is the stripping away of the false self. And that's a lot of what I've found in these last several years.
1: The holy irony is part of your gifting that god has endowed you with is to be out front mm-hmm. right is to perform mm-hmm. like literally to lead the church in worship mm-hmm. in teaching in pastoring mm-hmm. and to become the kind of person that can offer that in love that is no longer performing that the the offering is a gift mm-hmm. And your validation because of your initiation is no longer at stake. Yeah. Right? Yes. That you can offer out of a strength in love. And that, Adam, there's a there's a power in this album that feels like an invitation to all of us that are in the in-between, in, between, in yes. the not yet, in the the joy and the sorrow and the messy process to say, like, the message for me in this album is like, you're not alone. Mm-hmm. It's worth it. Mm-hmm. And you're worth it.
0: Yes, yeah. So many songs, so many albums are written. Looking back at loss, looking back at suffering, and I felt like it was important to write it in the middle mm. of suffering mm. and loss and grief. And so, whoever that's for today, mm. uh, you're not alone, and um, and bless you as you wrestle mm. in the suffering, in the loss, in the grief. You're not the only one. You're not particularly broken.
1: Adam, what a gift uh, for you to join me um, in this studio offering vulnerability uh, in this album, risking writing and sharing with the world um, this interior landscape of your masculine initiation that doesn't have a pretty bow on it yet. And even more, is sharing the journey of masculine initiation. Um, you're among the few, uh, and you're a great gift to me. So thank you. And friends that you're out there, we have just scratching the surface on this album, I was sure. I encourage you, check it out. Treat it like I did. Turn everything else off and blast this thing as loud as you can on repeat. And just allow the Father to immerse your soul in it. As a man, and just notice what God evokes in you through the story put to music. Just invite you to practice the presence of God, as Brother Lawrence has taught us, practicing the presence, to just be in the songs and allow the Spirit of God to move through the power of the ministry entrusted to Adam's care. Um, you can find it everywhere music's found, iTunes, Spotify. I found it on a website called Bandcamp that's actually a way artists make some money off the, the their amazing gifts to the world. So check it out wherever you can find it. But I recommend going through Bandcamp uh, to support Adam's work in the world. As we close this time, I just feel impressed to turn it over to you One of the values, as you know, of the Become Good Soil podcast is to create the pause, to create a moment, to not be overrun with content, but to be present to our own hearts and our story in this moment, here and now, and to just practice receiving the manifest presence of God. So in light of that, I'd love for you to close us.
0: That'd be an honor. Thanks, Morgan. So we... Return ourselves, Father, to your care, to your sufficiency, to your delight in us. Before and beyond any performance, success, failure, anything earned or proven, we return ourselves to your pure delight in us just because we are who you've made us. We say yes. We say yes to what you are doing in the midst of the context of our lives right now. The mundane, the massive, in all of what you're doing, we say yes. Father, show us the next step. Holy Spirit, show us the next step. And we, we consent. We consent to you leading us. We pray that all of it would be from a place of just deep, deep, Trust in your delight in us as your sons and as your daughters. And we love you, Jesus. You are so good. You're so good to us.
1: Thank you.